You're listening to the Ape for Comics podcast, sponsored by StashMyComics.com and our local comic book shop in Roanoke, Virginia, BNDComics.com. And now, here's your hosts, Matt Barrett and Neil Rickman. Hey, people and persons. Thank you for listening to the Ape for Comics podcast. We're at episode 17 now. Why did I pause? Because it's a good pause, 17. 17 is a good number. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but here we are. It's a little bit late tonight. We might be a little bit punchy. I'm uh, one of your hosts, Matt Barrett, and on the other end of the Skype line is... I am the co-pilot named Chewbacca, who is Neil Rickman. Okay. <laughs> You're Chewbacca tonight. Sun poisoning. I must be Han Solo. That's it. I'm okay with that. I have glued uh, <laughs> shed hair of cats to myself at this point <laughs> after being uh, heat-stroken uh, today, and now uh, that's what's happening. Ready. I was, yeah, I was also in the far... See what I mean? I can't, I can't even speak. I was Fine. in the sun for far too long as well. It was deceptively chilly in the air, yet the sun was still doing its job. We weren't aware, I think, yeah. so. <laughs> the sun always shows up and brings his A-game. Yeah. Okay. Well, w- what we do here on this show is not talk about the sun, but talk about comic books. And every week we read some of these little funny books, and we come back and talk about them on the show. We do have another comic swap for you. What do we got this week? Uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and read. Uh, well, I did read Archer and Armstrong as uh, delegated by you, and uh, I believe you are reading uh, the next chapter of Battle of the Atom. It's chapter three, and it's X Men number five. Yes, volume so, four, X Men number five. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Is it volume? I think it's chapter is it three, three is what I see on the. the no, title. I mean in terms of the book X Men. Oh, this is well, I think the fourth volume. No, of that five. title. Is it five? It's five. Well, that's why I look at it. I don't. Maybe. I'll have to oh look my it gosh! <laughs> I, I swear know. I saw four, but I could be seeing things. X Men. Yeah, according to Comicsology, this is volume four. Oh, volume four, number five. Then. Yes. Yes. What I say? Okay. No. No. Oh. You were we were all right because I was going off of the actual issue number. You were going off of volume, gotcha. and it is chapter three in this ongoing battle of the atom. Okay, numbers, uh, numbers, numbers. Yeah, you're that's, right. That's where you come into the problems of X Men because exactly. they've re, they've rebooted a few times. It seems here four. All right. I don't I don't have any idea what's going on with this X Men stuff. We'll we'll talk about this. Well, I wouldn't say reboot. I'm, I'm sorry. They've they've uh, renumbered. Yes. Four times. Because so. numbering doesn't mean a thing anymore. Ah, never has. Numbers. What I guess back when you could trade them for ball cards and stuff. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know. Well, let's first talk a little bit of news. Right. And we have yep. some possibly disturbing news. First off, let's touch on the little rumor, probably not true, the Justin Bieber... Uh, trying out for Robin, 
I didn't even know that there was going to be a Robin role in the Superman Batman movie. Does he pee in a bucket? Is that part of the tryout? <laughs> I don't know. What are they doing? <laughs> Did you hear about <laughs> he's peeing in a bucket? And he, no. That was weird. <laughs> peeing out in public or something. Oh, gosh. I don't know. He's he's the next uh, teen train wreck, I guess. Yeah, and I, now I think this just... is a ploy for attention on his end. And But, you know, connecting himself to a movie that has already received, you know, some major backlash from fans, that doesn't help this movie at all. Not at all. No. Although I would say it might help if there was a promise that he was like Jason Todd and they were going to do the whole Joker beating him with the crowbar. <laughs> I mean, that I'd go watch it hands down then, I guess. But <laughs> I don't me. have anything against him personally. It's just this whole, like, what the baggage that comes along with him being involved in this movie is just altogether bad. You know, I'll put this out there. I don't have anything against, uh, even though it's not my my style or my taste in music, I don't have anything no. against these you know, pop acts so much as when the when the train comes off the rails and they start acting crazy yeah. or they actually go crazy and I just it 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 promotes that in our youth I think mm-hmm. I don't mean I, I sound very old saying that but you know but I mean look at the people they were worried about were going to rub off on us and I guess I shouldn't worry as much but it's just it's just silly I guess you know, perhaps <laughs> I'm officially old this could be a real elaborate ploy to get our minds off the whole Ben Affleck thing. <laughs> because if this turns out to be false, we'll just like, Oh, shoo. because frankly, when that news came out, I was like, well, man, I was just starting to become okay with the Ben Affleck thing. You know? Yeah. I don't like, know. That's not nearly as bad. Ben Affleck being Batman isn't nearly as bad as Justin Bieber potentially being Robin. Yeah. Good job, Warner Brothers. You didn't fool me, though. <laughs> There's so many conspiracy theories in my head at this point with uh, the industry, but we'll talk about that, too. Yeah. And more TV news. Uh, the Flash that we were talking about that is going to be making an appearance in Season 2 of Green Arrow, they have apparently cast this young man, and I say young man because he's very young. I believe 23 years old, Grant Gustin. It's either Gustin or Gustin. I'm not familiar with him because I don't watch Glee or 90210. Well, shame on you. Yeah, really. <laughs> but he's a I, real I don't either. Skinny um Andrew Garfield looking type character. Yeah. Um, and it's just whatever, it's fine, but I really hope they're not trying to sell us on the fact that he's uh um what what is his job? I can't think of his job. Uh, New 52. He's some kind of uh, forensics detective or right, whatnot. Right, right. Okay. I can't see a 23-year-old handling that job. <laughs> no. I don't know. Maybe as an apprentice? Maybe. I don't know. He could be just really smart. Everybody's really smart or wealthy in the DCU. Yeah. Or anybody's normal. Even the average human is not normal in that place. I don't know. I guess we need to see him in costume. That that'll be the final. I think it, you know, but I mean, if you look at it, Arrow's not anywhere near what people in general in the comic world were wanting. Yeah, I mean, some folks liked it and dug it, and I'm actually giving it a shot, and it's all right for me. Yeah, but you know, they're not gonna since they went that route. I don't think they're gonna have to stick to that mold so much with Flash either. Like since Green Arrow 
is really, you know, our arrow yeah. really isn't into the mold that Green Arrow was in the books. They can go loose with the Flash too. Sure. So I mean, there's there's the the double-edged sword. There is they don't have to do that, but that could be good or bad depending <laughs> on how they go with it. So, True. Okay. You know, I'm interested. I'm hyped because at least it is the Flash hitting some airtime again. Yeah. And I just hope he eats a bowl of cereal really quick, like the old TV show. <laughs> One of my favorite parts. Yes. To bring back Mark Hamill as the trickster. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's got to bulk up for Star Wars. Well, yeah. They're going to put him through Tom Hardy like training, or they'll get Leonidas training on him from 300. <laughs> like, oh, okay, here's some tractor tires. Start flipping them. <laughs> yeah, be good. Well, so there's it's kind of a light news. So... Let's just move right on to the comic swap. Moving right along. Moving right along. But loose and fancy for anyway. Yes, <laughs> I, there was my segue into that, all right? <laughs> I don't understand. Let's go with Archer and Armstrong. Ar- Ar- uh, Archer and Armstrong first. All right. Simply because that comes before X. <laughs> sure, why not? Why not? All right, this is uh, this is the new, or well, not the new? I guess the 2012. Uh, did did Valiant start coming back strong in 2012? Was that the deal? I believe uh, so. Yeah. So uh, it's fairly new. Uh, I guess we're they've been at it for a year or so. Yep. Um, back on the horse, because I I mean they disappeared for a while, right? Or am I wrong? No, uh, was it? I, I'm trying to remember when they ended. Uh, I'll look it up real quick. You you chat about it a little bit. Okay. Well, first experience. off, it's written by Fred Van Linte or Lint, can that pronounce right? And then uh, the art by Clayton Henry, which uh, I'm I've enjoyed both of these men's work on this. Oh yeah. Um, uh, publisher Valiant. I don't know who does the colors. I don't have a listing for that right off, but they are nice colors. Uh, the art in this book, I uh, it's a it's a cut above a lot of what's going on in the big two for me. Yeah, uh, not all of what's going on, but a lot of what's going on. Thought the line work and the colors really were very nice in the, this issue, issue one. I don't know if I put that out there, but. So Archer and Armstrong issue one, uh, it really sets the stage of, uh, it takes you all the way back in time of ancient Mesopotamia, uh, and you get to see hints of, I think, where uh, they're going to come out of this, this kind of, it's almost like a buddy cop gone wrong we end up with here, but it starts out in ancient Mesopotamia, and it takes you into today with these... (laughs) I, I'm guessing that the two guys or brothers that are feuding in the past and this end up being two guys that are at odds in the future somehow. I don't know what you took from it. Yeah, the the one character is a guy that was from a different dimension or universe or whatever and was sucked through some kind of a boom tube. And then the other character is this ultra-conservative sort of member of a cult from what I got. And he is like the chosen one to to hunt down this 
uh, big bad guy or whatever. And... So, all right, I guess that's where my confusion was. I got a little confused in the beginning there. So, Aram is actually Armstrong in the future. He's one of the same. I th- I think so. Yeah, I think I think he wound up there. Um, and during... I thought his older brother might have been uh, Archer, but you're saying no, that's not true. That this, uh, I'm wondering if there's somehow a relation there uh, as you go in this book. I know I'm jumping all over the place. So to get folks back on track. <laughs> yeah. It's a little confusing. Um, it's a little bit um, – there's a lot given to you in this book, and that's not really a complaint so much as it's almost really hard to describe the book. Yeah. Um, because it goes – there's a very wide span in the very first issue, um, and it's kind of a complaint but kind of a boon for me. Right. Like it's double-edged on that number because it felt a little rushed as much as it was thrown at me in a short amount of time, but at the same time I got a lot out of it. Yeah. And it was it was done, I, I thought, pretty well. I just got a little confused about um, how the beginning's connected. I don't know that you're supposed to understand um, exactly how this is going to play out, this device that these two brothers... There were three... Okay, start over. There were three brothers, apparently. One died to uh, help protect uh, all of these Mesopotamians in Ur, as it was. Mm-hmm. Before the Great Cataclysm, it's Tuesday, um, <laughs> as, it, as said in the uh, word box there. Um, one died, so one brother thinks that they should start this machine up to help things. Mm-hmm. And the other brother's like, don't turn it on, you don't know what it'll do. Right. It ends up doing something really bad and transporting transporting the, uh, the, the brother Aram, who's saying don't turn it on, transport him, it ports him into the future, I guess, somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that part's really, uh, I think going to flesh out a little more as it goes. Cause it's left. Yeah. I hope uh, they do. Little, 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 little bits and pieces missing where, well, the story really kicked in for me was when you cut to Archer who has been trained by this cultish or it is a cult, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this cult, this weird, I guess, it almost reminds me of people under the stairs because it's this husband and wife who have all of these children somehow that they're training in an amusement park. Yeah, like a religious amusement park. Which I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I hope they aren't brother and sister as it was in People Under the Stairs. That's a huge spoiler. I just dropped there. Right. But I, I don't know anybody that's really seeking to watch People Under the Stairs these days. Um so, yeah, as far as I know, it was a husband and wife who were adopting children to make them into assassins of some sort to go after Aram, who's actually, his name is Armstrong. He's a bouncer in a club. Right. Um, because, jumping ahead there, uh, Armstrong, uh, Archer actually gets released from the amusement park after he, he beats all of the other <laughs> adopted, quote, adopted children, I guess, I don't know if they were kidnapped or adopted, but he beats them all in combat, so he's the chosen one that gets to leave and hunt the, the, uh, I guess you want to say the heretic or however they're, he yeah. shall not be named. Right. And uh, so he's been trained all his life to, to think that Armstrong's bad. Right. Exactly. And sent out into the evil world to, uh, <laughs> to basically hunt a guy it's it's really crazy it's almost if you took the plot of kingpin (laughs) (laughs) 
and like Ishmael, the Amish guy, gets sent out into the world to hunt Woody Harrelson. Right. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's this this book. Yeah, the fact that he goes out to hunt him, and then obviously they wind up forming some sort of a friendship, or at least some sort of a working relationship, is definitely intriguing, and, and definitely a pull for me to read some more of this. Yeah, I, I, I'm doing a very poor job of explaining it, and I apologize for that. However... I will say that it's it's well worth reading. I'll yeah. stop just short of of trying to explain all of it because that'll actually prevent more spoilers from coming out. Right. Um, and say that if you like if you liked all the '80s movies that came out, and it was like partners that shouldn't have got along. Right. Say like <laughs> or Forty Eight Hours. Yeah. Or even Beverly Hills Cop when. Axel Foley's teaming up with the Beverly Hills, Rosewood, and Taggart. Yeah. Who are trying to play it by the book. Any of that, you, you're going to get... This is very deep-rooted in that. I love it for that. Matt, I kind of hate you right now because <laughs> I... It's another... Not really. It up. You know that. I love you to death. But I, <laughs> but I really want to add this to my list, and my yeah. list is killing me right now. Well, this is one of those ones I, I too, want to add, but I'm I'm more than happy to... To wait for a trade on this one and just read it all together, you know. Let me let me try to summarize better. If you like sci-fi, but also a brawler of a book, because this seems like they do a very good job when Archer is like doing his martial arts. They do a very good job of the layouts and the action. Mm-hmm. I hope that the team that's on this stays on it for quite a while. I need to check and see now that they're at like issue 12, who's actually on it because the art's fantastic. The writing is, goes hand in hand with it. They seem like they play off each other very well. And it's a good brawler, but it's also, it's such a weird book because it's, it's steeped in some kind of weird history, sci-fi, almost Stargate ish. Like, (laughs) yeah. Um, craziness. Um, that is somehow going to make sense to us, I hope, at some point. Yeah. But it's definitely the two protagonists should not be getting along, but you can tell they're kind of going to be stuck getting along because basically the whole there's these evil, um, you know, men in black type cultish types. There's a bunch of groups that are all out to try and get this machine working again. Yeah. That, that messed up everything way back in the past. Almost had a sort of Court of Owls feeling for me. A little, little bit. bit. Yeah, oh, you nailed it with that. Like secret yeah, Society, uh, running things behind the scenes, the ultra-rich, the 1%. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that was, you know, that was huge. Um, and I love the, the innocence of Archer coming out in the world and then the worldliness that they pair up with Armstrong. Right, right. It's, uh, it's very good. Uh, the... There's a fight scene in a bar in here that is one of my favorite fight scenes uh, out of any book in recent times. Yeah. Um, just, <laughs> it's very odd. Um, Armstrong's not your normal brawler. Like, as far as he's a big dude, you're expecting maybe a big lunk of a guy. But he's, like, speaking poetry and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and you quickly find out that, oh, he's the guy from way back in the past, perhaps, that that just has known stuff and traveled. Apparently, he's pretty ageless because he was around when Washington was around. Yeah. Yes, George Washington. 
you know, the kid's talking about all this stuff uh, that his cult sent him out to do. He's like, man, you're just like the Masons, George right. Washington. He's like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a really odd story. I, it's it's going to be one of those that you definitely have to figure out what's going on. So be in for that for the ride. It's not going to be your straight-up uh, just action-packed book, but it's got plenty of that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's from- my only worry. Books that try to do too much sometimes get wrapped up. Yeah. However, as first issues go, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. Let's let's score this puppy. Um, story-wise, I mean, I would give it a solid eight, and for the art, I mean, no problems here. Easily a nine for me. Right. I'm gonna go ahead um, and say right there with the art at nine because I enjoyed this art and the colors, not just the art, the colors in this. Who's doing the colors in this? Because I'm going to find out. I'm going to give the colors some some <laughs> cred. Do. Yes. Because, oh my gosh, the colors make this pop really hard. Well, I was fortunate to catch this on a uh, a free download, and I know you were not, but... I don't feel bad paying for it. No, it I feel seems really happy paying for like it. it. And even if you... What did you have to pay for, $1.99? Uh, I think it was uh, 2 or 3 or- I don't... I don't know. I don't think it, yeah. it probably two ninety nine. I guess. I just spend money like water anyway. It's <laughs> balling. <laughs> that I'm, is a joke. Folks. I'm pretty sure <laughs> after the month goes by, they go down to two ninety nine. Colorist, uh, Matt Mila. Thank you. They didn't on the digital copy here. I, I didn't. Are you seeing it on the digital? Or did you look it up? It, it's on the digital copy. It's one of the last pages. I hate when they do that. I know. I do too. That's they crazy. should do it at the beginning. I, I guess I'm going to give a seven point five on the story, and this is why I'm going a little lower. Okay. Is because it it, it confused my simple uh, sun laden mind. <laughs> um, with because I'm still a little bit like, is this guy supposed to be this guy, or right. it's just weird. And I, I guess I shouldn't score it lower because it, it's supposed to explain it as it goes. I'm thinking. Right. But it's leaving me thinking. I'm not sure. So, uh, seven five. But <laughs> it's seven five, and I and I think if I got it in trade, it would be eight or higher. Because they can tell it's a story that's got to be rounded out really well. Yeah. And you had mentioned, and uh, you might have just mentioned again, sorry if my brain didn't catch it, that you were going to collect it and trade to me earlier. Yeah, I think this is one. I, I'm a little bit more interested more in the Quantum and Woody stuff. Um, that's a little more, it's almost a little bit like this, a little more superhero-ish though. And the the stuff that I have sort of previewed from them leads me to believe that this is, that Quantum and Woody is sort of an amusing book. Uh, which is sorely from missing for me, you know. Like I like the Deadpool stuff, but sometimes his comedy can get a little bit hairy for me. So um, I've heard good things about Quantum and Woody, and I do like Archer and Armstrong. But like I said, no problems picking that up in trade, reading it sort of as a whole, and and not wondering from month to month like exactly what's going on. Awesome. Yeah, and let me know. Uh, you'll have to let me know if you check that one out, how that is. Because okay. I, I have uh, our buddy Chris Lopez. Uh, he let me read some of his Bloodshot uh, books he was picking up from this new Valiant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, start off. It was I really enjoyed it. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about like Exo Manowar. So it seems like they have a strong, you know, line just yeah. heading up here. Yeah, it's scary. Every everything that I've read from them so far is strong and and now i'm getting to a point where it's like okay they're obviously sticking around they're, um from what i can tell the creative teams have pretty much been sticking together you know this might be 
sort of the savior that we've been looking for uh, for for comics as we continue to complain about you know creative teams jumping around and 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 convoluted storylines and whatever other complaints we have from the big two this really could be that third superhero sort of option we're looking for you know aside from image dynamite and dark horse which, which we all know has quality here's yet another one in the fold and darn it uh might take some more of our money yeah and that this is all leading me we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this but it all again leads me to think dc has got a Got to really watch right now. Yeah. We'll talk yeah. about that. Okay. All right, so we scored that book, and that was a good book. And here's another good book, X-Men number five, which is part three of the Battle of the Atom, uh, what have you, mini-event, is that what we're going to call this? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a crossover. Uh, you know, while Infinity's tying up the Avengers half of, of Marvel right. or whatnot, you know, this has got the mutants pretty much locked up you know we don't have x factor in there because it's ended but you know now i might be as much as i liked this i might i might be a little critical about this just because i dig what's going on but again with with the infighting uh and, and as much as i love gene gray and, and cyclops and uh, there was some great moments in here with well let's back up a little bit what what do we know so far about Battle of the Atom um, for people who haven't yet read this? Where are we at as we as we come to this story? Um, basically, uh, you know, from all new X Men, there's the past X Men who are in the present. Uh, that that's leading to problems because mm -hmm. the time streams all janked up. Um, basically, they were brought here by our our present Hank McCoy brought them here, Beast. Because he wanted to say, hey, look at what you did bad, do better. Right. So now future <laughs> future Hank McCoy and friends, future <laughs> Beast friends show up to say, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you shouldn't have gotten the past us's. Right. Hey, you guys. Um, three and Thors so, and now three Beasts. And so they're trying to tell the uh, the past X-Men they have to go back to the past. They don't want to do that because Charles Xavier is going to wipe their minds, and they're trying to fix the present thems right. from the messed up messes they are, which all equals one big mess. Yeah. So uh, when we're in this issue, this mainly in this issue, it's all about trying to find uh, past Jean Grey and Scott Summers who ran off and the first issue of uh, at four ruining stuff. This is heavy spoilers. Right, heavy there's spoilers. a way to go back and mention that. <laughs> but um, you know, th this is all headed up from when you know past Gene and past Scott ran off in Battle of the Atom issue one because they don't want to go back home. They're they're trying. They've seen okay. Gene's like I've died a few times. Can we yeah. prevent that? Yeah. And Scott's like I've went crazy, which I don't think he has, and he does. That's so weird. Yeah, but <laughs> if he thinks he's crazy, and, and who am I to tell him he's not? I don't. <laughs> it's weird. So, um, well, you got to believe that you know Gene's reaction. I think is very credible, and you know, regardless of 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 what she thinks her responsibility is, this is a young Gene Gray, and if you were that age and you found out that all this terrible stuff was going to happen to you, I think you'd be a little freaked out. 
And I think you would try to find some way to turn the tide. And she knows that if she goes back at this point, she's just going to be mind wiped and she's going to die two times anyways. Yeah. So she's freaked out. And so is Scott, obviously. Love interest here. And there's some great moments in here. I got to say, I like I like what Brian Wood does. I see why you like his interactions. Just these few simple moments where, for example, um, Kitty Pride is eating Chinese food with Rachel Gray. You know? Right. Loved that sort of quiet moment between the two. Uh, loved the stuff he has going on between... Uh, Jean Grey and Cyclops, uh, where they're changing into these clothes that they find on a on a a clothes. Oh, what do you call it? Clothesline. Yes, that. One of those things. <laughs> One of those things from the past, and they pick up a motorcycle and are riding on, and just in between all this chaos, are some nice moments here that he's really good about bringing about. But again, the 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 fact that there's a past, present, and future uh, version of the X Men all sort of fighting here, and then um, more stuff with the X Men already being split up, it's getting confusing. It's getting convoluted, and again, we're just fighting each other. You know. Uh, yeah. There's some yeah. Sentinels, but all of a sudden they don't matter. It's more about the, the infighting, and I'm hoping that changes soon. Uh, I'll say this uh, as far as Wood's work, this is definitely his weakest issue by far mm -hmm. because it's involved in this crossover. Like, it's really odd to me that they even drew that series into this to a point because it just, it's the younger of everything. It just, yeah. it kicked off way later than the other, uh, you know, Marvel uh, Now stuff. Yeah, he didn't really have a chance to, to get into, what, four issues before... Hey Brian, we need you now to write uh, this crossover. So whatever you had going on previous to this, sorry, it doesn't matter. You he, know, write these characters. He does a nice job of showing the uh, the Rachel, uh, is it Rachel Gray or Rachel Summers? Yeah. Uh, I get her character. Her character's so weird to me. Yeah, she's. Uh, but they they get the uh, the nice interaction between her and Storm. Yeah, they're having problems agreeing on uh, leadership roles and stuff. Right. And and Storm, uh, he plays a very heavy-handed. I mean, she's she has been very commanding in the other issues, but in this, it seems like she becomes even more commanding. I'm not sure how I feel about that because I'm not. It's weird. Yeah. You know, when she's like, "I order you to do stuff." I don't know if I felt like that would really. I guess maybe that's her evolving. I don't know. But yeah. And the weird thing is, uh, again, heavy spoilers here. Rachel Ray. Uh, Rachel Ray. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's uh, the next Jean Grey or yes. Rachel Summers or uh, whatever. The thirty-minute meal lady who's in the X Men now—that's uh, her mutant power—is creating delicious meals in thirty minutes or less. <laughs> now Rachel Grey actually winds up being responsible for for sort of letting them slip through the cracks and escape. So, which the other X Men I don't think know. I think they'd be pretty ticked off if they if they knew this. This is it's all with them. I feel like it's always like watching a football game gone terribly wrong. <laughs> the ball keeps getting fumbled. Nobody can trust anybody at any moment. Somebody can change their mind about somebody. Or when hey. they start doing the crazy uh, backwards lateral. Yes. That never works. Yes. 
It's just really the, weird. The X Men, they're really a mess. And, and as much as I love the characters, and as much as good as a lot of their books are, I'm starting to get tired of the mess. And I'm ready for it to get cleaned up and straightened out. If you're going to have two teams, fine. Let's have two teams. Let them do their things. But maybe this is what they're doing. Maybe they're cleaning everything up finally. But it just feels like years and years and years of this, uh, you know, fighting amongst themselves, not solving any of the world's problems. I, uh, with DC's current state, I have a lot riding on marvel is my mainstream boat that i'm in right um and that makes me a little bit like you uh, maybe uh i'm gonna be a little harder because i i'm ex- i have these expectations now that are all placed firmly on this mainstream so sh- like shoulder because mm-hmm. the other the other peoples are not doing it well at all by me at least right and uh it's you know, I I really hope that by the end of this we get a resolution that sticks, that yeah. has real consequences, that that actually change the universe for and fix a lot of, uh, you know, hopefully set in place a lot of things, you know, for change. We don't want to keep seeing the infighting. We don't want to keep seeing time jumping crazy. Yeah. You know, for a while at least, for a good long while, because we've had enough of it. Uh, it's all been just done and done and done. So. I'll say the artist reminds me so much of John Cassidy in this book. Yeah, the from, artist uh, is great. From, it's from, uh, you remember uh, Joss Whedon's uh, run from, was it uh, Astonishing? Mm-hmm. When he started that run, and then yeah. it was John, him and John Cassidy. It reminds me a lot of John Cassidy's work. Yeah, it's a very, I mean, there's nothing completely dynamic, but I don't want to say it's not good. It's very serviceable. Reminds me of like a Jesus Saiz, just like you know what you're getting when you're reading this. Nothing hurts your eyes. Um, he, oh yeah, the oh, Jean sorry. Grey is a little bit odd to me uh, for some reason. What is the Jean Grey's? Um, her face, yeah. Compared to some of the other issues, he's drawn her a little bit differently, but that's fine. It's, it's David Lopez on the pencils, yeah. Yeah. All right. And Cam Smith is the inker. We got Laura Martin, colorist. All right, cool. And of course, Mr. Wood, Brian Wood as the writer. Yes. All right. I, I, if you've went through, I'm sorry. I just like naming them off to give them due credit. Right. But. Now, all it's it's a very bright book for an X Men, which I kind of, which is kind of relieving to me. Uh, a lot of this stuff lately has been sort of muddied, and this is very bright. It reminds me of sort of a '90s. Um, bright sheen to it you know light right. and airy and i don't know yeah i remember the sport. 90s when i started uh delving heavy into the you know when jim lee and chris claremont did that big relaunch then right um <laughs> everything was like in the sun then yeah and like or by the pool like they would just yeah. have like volleyball and pool parties for <laughs> jim lee to draw his cheesecake women art or whatever but uh, i want a pool party again what <laughs> Like Mega Red's outside. Oh, we're having a pool party. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's funny. Well, let's score this one. Uh, story-wise, I'm going to give this a 7. It it did a decent job of moving the Adam storyline around. Nothing completely spectacular happened, and it, the only reason it doesn't get higher for me is because I feel like it was good, but again, I, I'm, I'm wary about... Um, more of this fighting amongst each other and, and you know I, I i really want there to be a resolution and i hope there is and that's 
that shouldn't be go against this issue, but it does. <laughs> I agree. I got seven there, and I, I do that be also for me because I'm used to more from Wood, but I also understand that he's in the middle of a crossover craziness. So right, seven. He, I, you know, this book is probably my favorite X Men book. Otherwise, when it's just on its own, yeah, he does a really good job of making it feel classic, awesome. I can definitely see that you know, outside of this event, how this, the the way he was able to shoehorn in some of the interactions between uh, the characters, um, I can tell that 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 this is going to be a strong title. So hopefully we'll be able to sort of get out of this event with some resolution and then move on to just some some good stories, you know, some some definitive good versus evil type stories. It'd be awesome. Art, I'm going to give uh, a solid 8. 8? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I give it an 8. Okay. I, I mean, that's... I like it a lot, um, but the faces are a little weird. Yeah, sometimes... Just a little bit. Because yeah. it's getting an 8. I mean, that's good. That's a great score. Oh, yeah, it's definitely still solid, but... Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the comic swap. What are we going to talk... Gosh, what are we going to swap next week? Who knows? Usually we decide this in the middle of the show. So I, I I know what I want you to read. Okay. I already know. All right. And if I'm putting you on the spot, I'm sorry, but I I, I read something today that I want you to read for next week, and it's uh, Thanos' quest. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> I don't because know what I want you. To it's read. an old one. You know, it's it's not one of our, and I hope that's okay. No, that's fine. Um, to we, do. we we need to shake it up a little bit with some with an older book. Maybe we'll both pick slightly older books and it's thanks to uh mr david dumir um i don't know if he even listens but he's actually done a little bit of work in the uh the biz and he's a really good artist uh and he i was talking with him and our uh one of my buddies also in the in the biz matt roberts at a you know annie moore's here in roanoke virginia mm -hmm. and uh i don't know how it came up i think i was talking about jason aaron's uh, Thanos Rising, where they were doing like his origin, right? And he was like, "I don't like it," and I was liking it, and I was like, "I wonder why he doesn't like it." And he started telling me how th he loved Thanos, which is weird because he's all about kind of indie stuff, really, from yeah. what I know of him. He he likes old school mainstream to like I've seen him pick some of that up too. And I was like, "Why doesn't he like?" And then I read this, and I was like, "That's why." I was like, "Now I kind of don't ah. like it as much." But it's written by uh, Jim Starlin and Ron Ron Lim, I believe, does the art. Now, yeah, what, right. Yeah. What year was I, this? This uh, now, I the year it's a reprint. They got the reprint year. They put 2012 on. I know that's not true. Right. Um. So I'm I'm going to do a little look up real quick, folks. Bear with me. While you're <laughs> doing that, um, I it think... looks like 1990. Yeah, oh, uh, wow. from September to October in 1990. Wow. Um, a and long yeah, so, time ago, in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Writers Jim Starlin, yeah, and penciler Ron Lim. I love the art in this. I really <laughs> did, and the cover of it's like classic. Ah, it's so crazy. Like you'll know, get that effect even doing the digital. Is it like which, foil cover nineties? No, no, it is. I don't know how to describe it. It looks like maybe like an old Marvel magazine cover almost. Do they have lots of pouches? No, Thanos it's, has... it's not. It's not that kind of awesome, like <laughs> bad awesome. It's kind of like it is seriously like 
classic cosmic awesome. Cool. This All cover, right. I, and that's the only way to describe it. I was blown away by it. I was. Uh, I did not know that Thanos could have been this epic back in the day, because uh, I think I tried reading uh, Infinity Gauntlet here and there growing up, but I can only catch an issue here or there, and I don't think that ended up being as strong as this, maybe even. Right. Um, and then, you know, I actually read Infinity War, and that was a whole other story. That was them just milking it further, and it diluted it even further down the line there. So, uh, the Thanos quest, there should be a one-shot that is like this for, like, every event. Hmm. And it should it should maintain that goodness throughout the event, because... I was just sitting there laughing out loud at certain things because <laughs> Thanos is just the the best jerk. I've never met a villain more jerky at this point <laughs> after reading this. Wow. But it's like a great – he is just the best jerk ever. <laughs> the stuff – you're going to get a kick out of it. I'm going to leave it at that. We'll talk about it. Okay. And I will probably have you read uh, – it's going to be a toss-up. If, if we're going to older issue – I. I would kind of like you to read. Did you ever get to read the Deadshot uh, miniseries? Deadshot from about I like I don't know. I think it was two thousand five or something. Um, that's that's been pretty good, and that's actually on sale um, as part of the Forever Evil Comicsology stuff. Ninety nine cent issues. Oh wow! So you want me to read what of it now? You want me to read the the, the mini? I mean, you could just pick up the first issue if you wanted to, and just sort of get a taste of, of what they were doing there. But it's it's basically just a very simple story of Deadshot sort of coming in and cleaning up this uh, bad neighborhood, almost like a Deadshot meets Lean on Me kind of moment. Oh wow! Really? Is, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, so. If we're going back in time a little bit with issues, maybe I'll have you uh, read that. At least the first issue. Gotta go back in time. All right, sorry, I had that little Huey Lewis kick into my head. <laughs> I, I don't know. Any of that stuff's good to me. Back oh, yeah. to the future. Yes. Love it. Okay, well, let's move on from that and go into the special feature. One, two, three. SplashMyComics.com is the leading free online interactive comic book database. Catalog your comics and track prices, character, and creator appearances. Follow the daily blog reviews, editorials, and a weekly podcast. Connect with other fans through member reviews and discussion forums. Keep abreast of site updates on Twitter at StashMyComics and find us on Facebook. StashMyComics.com, powered by Geek Energy. Nailed it. Feature, feature, feature. Which is, uh, are, what are we doing? We're going to beat up DC Comics some more? That's where the whole world's I, going. I'm not going to beat them up. I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to beat them up. Um, there are some crazy shakeups going on. and I, But I, I've thought long and hard about a lot of this. And, and my buddy, uh, Billy Morgan, um, if he's listening, I don't know. He may be, he's one of my comrades that I talk to about comics here and there. He kind of helped me uh, open a door that I was kind of hinging on and to be a little bit more open to some of this, but it also helped me figure out why I was having such a problem with some of this. Lobo okay. in particular. Okay. Well, let's, um, let me just quickly preface this by saying I think as a whole, the what DC did with the New 52 has been good. Up, up to a certain point, I think it... Obviously, I've heard retailers tell me that it was good for them. 
I think it did a lot of good things to get comics, you know, back up in a certain spotlight. I think they have had a good hand in, in growing things again, but I think it's gotten stale and, and I think this is where we're starting to have some problems. And I think this is a, a train that's going a little off the rails that they need to figure out how to put back on there. Is that fair to say? That That is fair to say. Okay. Uh, I think, all right, it's, it's been a problem. I had a problem with stuff even when they launched Fifty Two. Of some of the, a lot of the heart was taken out of characters mm-hmm. um, here and there, and just a lot of the uh, the soul of the book. I mean, it just felt a little hollow. Things felt, you know, the action was, you know, the writing was good, the art was good, but uh, I just wasn't. I didn't feel like it meant anything for mm-hmm. some reason. You know, I felt like they. And I guess it's because they did take all of what I had grown with and all of the the history I'd shared with these characters, and suddenly I'm at ground zero. Yeah. And okay, I understand that's that's fine. Because some of the, the uh the things they did was really were really cool. Um and then some things I felt fell a little flat, like the Flash's rogues for me, I'm still waiting for the heart to really be there. Yeah. Um, you know, sure, that's great. Give them uh, power boosts, so they're more of a threat to Flash. That's great, I guess, because that'll keep getting their butt kicks. Otherwise, butt kicked otherwise. But why couldn't it have just been, you know, the soul of the character was still there? Like Captain Cold's a gritty, non-Cody Rhodes-looking, you know, <laughs> guy. And then like Heat Wave, they took him out of his his getup and changed. They they changed these designs were very drastic. Yeah. They've Everything. been hit or miss. Like some things might have been designed a little better, uh, but then th- other things like the Lobo design, I think, shook everybody up. I think that is the biggest part. I'm not saying it's the only part, but I'm saying the biggest jolt. Everybody put everybody on edge with this design change. I'm not a fan of the design change myself. Um, no. My my buddy, I was saying Billy, he liked it, hmm. and you know he's been enjoying. He's he's. He reads pretty heavily. Um, now, and the, what's confusing about you? You bought that issue, didn't you? The Lobo one. I did. Now, why was he? Why on the cover did he look like the Lobo we all knew before? And then interior in the book completely. There's different. a there's a huge spoiler to go with that. I mean, nobody's there's a reason. Read it. It's okay. Huh? <laughs> nobody's gonna read that book. It's okay. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> I'm just slamming huge it. Huge spoiler already. here. Um, by the end of this book, you're you're following, you're, you're reading this book, and there's this guy saying you don't know him. He's going, they're going out of the way to say, hey, you don't know who this guy is, but he's the real Lobo, right? Or trying to make you think that at least. And he's doing some cruel acts of bounty hunting because he's trying to find, he's trying to get information that he's been hunting for forever about someone he's been hunting for forever. By the end of the book. You find out he's hunting the Lobo we've all known, uh, and that's the information he's seeking. So that's meant to be the imposter, at least in his head. And I'm I'm trying to like tell everybody to cool out because I don't know where they're going with this. Yeah, I'm like they could be building this guy that you don't like up so much to only just to say that he's wrong, he's not the real Lobo, and then the Lobo you like squashes him, or the reverse that he squashes or, the Lobo that everybody right. loved. Yeah. And my buddy Billy would actually hope for that. Mm-hmm. He actually liked this more. Okay. 
That's but fair. I don't know how huge a Lobo fan he was before. Um, and I'll say this: I liked, I've liked me some Lobo in the past, but I've always kind of wished that they would tighten up the silliness a bit. Mm-hmm. Liking got a little bit more. They would have brought him a little bit more into the universe of DC. They've only had him step his foot here and there in it, you know, in small doses. This might be their way of trying to build him more into the actual U, right? As a more mainstay character, which is fine. But I have a problem with the design, and I have a problem with he's a little bit too calculating for me as a Lobo. Okay. Lobo for me has always been chaos, a bounty hunter, yes, which they portray this guy as a ruthless bounty hunter very well, who is really good at killing. Right. The art is very solid, even though I don't like the new design of the character. Mm-hmm. It it flows very well. Like the art itself is like laid out like the action sequences are laid out very awesome. Hmm. You know, yeah, but and... it's all tempered because when Lobo shows up, I usually you don't know what to expect. I like that. Right. You know, you can okay, if you want to make him a little bit more edgy or a little bit more serious, it's fine. Um another thing that bothered me was they, you know, they actually said it um they put that, you know, Lobo was talking about how something really hurt. And I'm like, that's weird. Hmm. And he's like, but I heal so fast it doesn't matter. I'm like that's very Weapon X. Yeah. They, they took him in a very, instead of just being this unkillable guy that doesn't really care when you hit him with stuff, they took him to, I still feel the pain, but I'll fight through it. Hmm. And it's it's a different, it's a very different feel, and it's all this at one time, and that is what shook everyone up. They yeah. they didn't try to, to work that in at all. They just kind of said, well, here it is. And I get that that's what they do with a lot of things, but Lobo's particular, man. It's like taking Deadpool... And, uh, you know, for the Marvel cats out there and, and, you know, everybody, a lot of people on the Deadpool train these, these days. Yeah. And switching him up big time and saying, well, instead of dressing, you know, looking like a spawn Spider-Man looking guy, now he's like Howard the duck or something you know, right. like, <laughs> like, you know, and instead of making jokes, he's very serious yeah. about lots of things. And he's very cal- calculating like Lex Luthor suddenly. Right. Like what? Yeah. It there was no, I don't know, and and I don't know that you could have brought that in any if you were going to go that route with it. If that's really what they want, I don't know how you would easily merge that in. Yeah, but, it's it's a it's a jarring change, and and they they did do a little bit of that. And if you've ever read any of the Deadpool pulp stuff, that that brought in a a lot more serious Deadpool. But you know that was just a mini series. It was really easy to sort well, of do that. And I've talked to you about my history of Deadpool. I enjoyed a more serious Deadpool. I liked the jokes. Yeah. But I didn't like the all out, oh, hey, it's Deadpool. I just shoot around and I'm very deadly, but I make a joke every three seconds. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I liked um, when Deadpool showed up, you know, someone was going to lose a limb or die. Right. But it was going to be, you were going to get a joke with it, maybe. <laughs> right. So that made it kind of okay. <laughs> well, he was a guy I... you kind of loved to hate show up. Yeah, you know, it was like, oh man, oh this guy, yeah, oh we can't get rid of him. <laughs> so I mean, I just think they've lost with that type of character. And I, for me, I I kind of fell out of touch with Deadpool, mm-hmm. and I I kind of I'm I've fallen out of touch with Lobo like a lot. I mean, it's not just been with this change. It's just I don't know that they've ever, for me, nailed the character like maybe I was hoping they would. Because I get what they want out of that character. The best 
the best they've ever done for me, like regular uh, pre-52, was uh, actually in the brightest day. They had him hunting Atrocitus. I think oh, the Guardians yeah. themselves were like, hey, that. why don't you... And it was awesome. <clears throat> Jeff Johns really did a good job with uh, making Lobo come in there, using the, you know, the crazy chaotic side of Lobo, yet making it a very serious ordeal because he's yeah. like... He is handing it out to a lot of different core members at the same time. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's just, it's a hard balance to find, you know, to walk with those type of characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't mean to, to come in and, and automatically slam this book. I haven't read it. It's just looking at the cover and then looking at the interiors. I was just kind of like, what are, what's going on here? And that's fine if they're going for a, uh, okay, this is an imposter Lobo, here's the real Lobo, the one you saw on the cover, but I really feel like they're doing a, a disservice to the character if they go the other way and say, hey, you know what, all of you who liked this cigar-smoking, motorcycle-driving, hairy-chested Lobo, kiss him goodbye, this is the new Lobo, I think, I think they're going to lose a lot of people. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't see any hardcore Lobo fan that was like really into Lobo before this, I don't see how they, they couldn't be offended. It was kind of like when, um, this is a wound for me, when Michael Bay made Transformers. Yeah. And then he was like, well, I'm not making Bumblebee a Beetle. Yeah. And then he even went further to in there and had the scene where the new Bumblebee is like beating up the Volkswagen bug beside him. And I'm like, okay, that's a bit like, what are you, 10? Why are you actually 10? (laughs) Yeah. Like, because you just, like, stuck your middle fingers up at the audience. Yeah. And was like, thanks for paying for the movie. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, which I ended up liking Transformers 1 okay. You know, that might be blasphemy to some. But I that part still really ticked me off. I was like, what? Really? Yeah, that, that whole movie <laughs> ticked me off. And, and that's well, why I didn't even bother with G.I. Joe. I was like, you know what? They're just going to screw it up. It, it can't be the same. Some things you just can't go back on. Some things you just can't you can't recreate the magic on. So. Yeah, that's yeah, I can see that. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I like the first one to the point, but that part, that scene was unnecessary. I was like, <laughs> hey. Well, anyway, enough of that. <laughs> so so <laughs> what do you think DC needs to do? Um, to, to undo this, we talked about maybe a conspiracy theory and and that hey everything's all crazy now. Guess what? We're we're going back to the way things were. We've got an out with Flashpoint, obviously. Yeah, the, the <laughs> conspiracy folks, and uh, we may have mentioned this before. I don't. Is that I think Matt and I both agree that maybe they're trying to make this so terrible. <laughs> I hope not. They're and it's like, oh man, this is this is bad. And then they're going to be like, but we're going back to the old way, like well, pre-52. Yeah. Well, and, and do you remember when it started, everybody said, you know what? Maybe they're just running this up the flagpole. And if it doesn't work, hey, they've always got an out. You know, they, they did a time travel change. It's really easy to go back and, and set things back the way they were. So, And that's the thing. Like, I think it's, it, what's tripped me out is it started off so strong, it seemed like. 52 started off very strong. I don't... Did you get that? Yeah, but I think that was just because it was new and and fresh, but as it went on, we realized how much we lost. How many of our favorite stories 
didn't exist. How many of our favorite character interactions never happened? That was the big one for me. Well, I mean, I knew that going into 52, really, a lot of that for me. Yeah. And it, But here's the, the what I gathered from the, as it kept going. We, we lost more and more creative teams that we liked to uh, bad editorial decisions or whatnot. Yeah, that too. Um, and then also the strong books that weren't getting readers, like Demon Knights, I'm just now reading it. Like, mm-hmm. I picked up both trades of that. It's phenomenal. I guess it didn't have the readership, and it's now canned. Right. But that was actually a very strong book. The art in that is awesome. Right. It's so much fun. It reminds me – you know what it reminds me of? What? I'm going to tell you this. You're going to hate me. Uh-oh. It reminds me of, like, Secret <laughs> Six, but Medieval oh, Times. No. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe I'll pick it up. And I – I mean, that's I haven't read, but like the first couple issues out of the first trades. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. But there's all of these crazy. Why am I talking? We need to do this in another episode because okay. I, I'll run over with this. <laughs> but it it's very good it's, to make yeah. the point. Um, that was strong. I heard good things about Frankenstein. I heard that was strong. Yeah, some of that and, was good. I, I was on that a little bit early. I liked uh, the Captain Adam stuff. Right. Uh, a lot of people liked the I Vampire stuff. We're but they didn't – those aren't the popular books they're trying to carry. Yeah. And or, Well, I mean, they, they picked up the readers that they would want to see the numbers for. Right. What, what baffled us again is when they would drop books like that, they were replacing them with even more obscure titles. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Instead of either breaking Shazam out of Justice League and giving its own book to place a slot – Right. Which, come on, that'd be awesome, right? Instead of having to pick up Justice League yeah. all the time. And I guess they're <laughs> that's why they don't. But, um, you know, break Shazam out. Bring back Secret Six. You know, things that they know have either a cult following or a strong following. Right. They bring back, like, Dial H for Hero. Yeah. You know, like, and I, could na- I can't even name the others because they were so obscure. I was like, why are they doing this? Yeah. A lot of uh, titles that, a lot of ideas that were just kind of, well, let's try this one. Oh, that didn't work. <laughs> let's try this one. Oh, that didn't work. <laughs> let's try this artist and this writer. Hey, you want to come write for a book? Hey, let's do an issue. And then, no, we don't like you. Let's bring somebody else on. A lot of that <laughs> stuff going on. Uh, it's rough. Yeah. A lot of just to let you know, I just downloaded all of the Deadshot 2005 series, so I'm going to read it. Okay, good. It was 99 cent an issue. Up. I usually go to my favorite comic shop, my favorite place to get comics, B&D. Yes. But these I know, I mean, I've looked through the back issue bins. I haven't seen. I need the full run, you know, and if we're going to do it for the show, I kind of need it quick. Yeah, the only not, one I'm not missing. Not that you won't get it quick, but it's like a week turnaround. That's impossible for most anyone through mail, so. Right. I'm missing um, number four, so I'm going to have to pick that up digitally. Do you remember when we went to the last uh comic book show that little mini show i got one two three and five so yes four had i believe green arrow in it so there must have been some sort of a green arrow fan that said hey i'll pick this up and and break the other five issues for some poor idiot they didn't even like green arrow they just like breaking idiot. up stuff for people yeah <laughs> that's okay 99 cents i can do but yeah let me know what you think then i'll what am i supposed to read i forgot already Thanos quest yeah. or Thanos or Thanos quest. Okay, I'll try to find that somewhere. And uh, you do you have it in in? Uh, did you pick it up digitally or regular? 
on Thanos Quest, I figured up digital because that's okay. uh, that's another one that I you know I can't be hunting for for the show. Yeah, and I really wanted to put that on the show after uh, David Dumier was like telling me about it. I mean, it was it was experience going into this because I didn't know what to expect. <clears throat> Excuse me, and it really it really shook me up when he was like, I didn't like uh, not that it was the best book ever, but he was like, I didn't like Thanos Rising because it, Thanos is awesome. He's one of my favorites, even though. I didn't know him to be that into the mainstream. Okay. So, you know, I haven't met him but a few times, and I've serviced him at the shop a few times, and he's selective about what he reads. So when he speaks up about a mainstream character like that, it really like was like, okay, I need to see what he's talking about. Right. I was like, all right, man. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to compare notes on that one. So. Yeah. All right, so there you have it. We we planned most of the next show, which we typically do randomly throughout the previous show <laughs> that's how we do it <laughs> that we pizza roll yeah and it's late so we're gonna wrap this puppy up uh thanks to our sponsors stashmycomics.com where you can also find our podcast each and every week you can also go to itunes and in the little search box there up at the top put in stash my comics or ape for comics and we come up in the podcast there you're also welcome to go to our website, apeforcomics.com. It'll pull you right to our Facebook page. Interact with, with us there, or you can inter- interact with... Gosh, I cannot talk. It's sun, it's sun poisoning. Interact. It was sun poisoning. Interact. <laughs> like soap poisoning. You're blind now. Yeah. You can talk to us online uh, through the, uh, you know, the podcast section of Stash My Comics or Facebook. Or shoot us an email. We've got that too. Info at apeforcomics.com. We would also like to thank our favorite comic book store, bandcomics.com. Sweet. Support your local comic book store. And if you're in Roanoke, Virginia, go to B&D Comics and buy a whole bunch of stuff. Please do. Yes. And if it's, like I was saying, I've been getting a few things digitally because they're old and like they're a little more obscure. But if right. you go in looking for like these new pulls we've been doing... Yep. She gets some lickety split. Like oh, yeah. it is it is on like Donkey Kong. Uh anything that I've like been slow on the draw on. Yep. Like, oh I wish I would have picked that up that you know hit the rack. Oh, it's it's there like the next week or so. Oh yeah. Yeah, she she jumps on them. So. Like Flash. That too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You folks have a good night, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Ha, 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 ha.